الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعض فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم The life of a student oscillates between two major states. The life of a student oscillates between two major states. Either the student is receiving their lessons or the student is being tested on their lessons. Either the student is studying or the student is being tested. You look at any student in any field and they are always bouncing between these two states. For example, uh, think about a sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school, you know, you find a, you, you see a young person in the masjid, looks like They're 14, 15 years old. You ask them, what do you do? So they define themselves by what they do the vast majority of time. They say, I'm a student. I'm a sophomore in high school. So when you have a sophomore in high school, the sophomore in high school basically is doing one of two things. Either they're going to class and they're learning, and they're going to class and they're learning, and they're going to class and learning, or they're taking a test. So they're constantly in, their, in, their, uh, in the sphere of life that defines them, They're always in between one of two states. The first few weeks of school, they're doing a lot of learning. Eventually, there's a test. Then there's a quiz in another class. Then there's a test. Then there's a quiz. Then there's a final. And they just bounce back and forth between these two states. You look at a student who is studying Quran, a student of Hifz. Same story. Either they're reviewing and learning, or they're being tested by their teacher. You look at a student of Islamic knowledge. Uh, they're in the same state. They spend a few weeks studying and learning, and then eventually the test comes, and then they're worried and freaking out about the test. And as soon as the test is done, then they're worried and freaking out about keeping up with class. And as soon as they keep up with class, then they're worried and freaking out about the next test. They bounce back and forth between these two states. And these two states, they're paired together. They're not exclusive of each other, meaning the whole reason that you have the test is to see whether you are learning. And anybody who's learning is going to have a test. So it, it's like an, it you know, oscillates between these two states, and these two states, they basically go together. They're necessary. The teacher decides that I'm going to uh, instruct the class for a week and a half on addition of decimals. And then at the end, there'll be a test on addition of decimals. And then the teacher decides that they're going to instruct the class for another week and a half on subtraction of decimals. 
And then after that, there'll be a test on subtraction of decimals. So that's stu- the students are basically bouncing between these two states. And these two states, they, they help the student to define their progress. Meaning what happens is the student is studying. They're studying, studying, studying. The teacher is teaching, teaching, teaching until finally the test comes. Now, when the test comes, basically what happens is then the student gets an opportunity to see have they been studying well. And also the teacher gets an opportunity to see have I been teaching well? Have the students been listening to what I've been saying? And then either they pass the test or they fail the test. And if they fail the test, then they have to go back and review. And if they pass the test, then they go on to the next subject. And then the next subject is taught. And then eventually there's a test and they pass or they fail the test, etc. And these two, again, they they coexist. Now, the reason that I mention this is because it's something that it, it, it completely penetrates all aspects of our life. You know, uh, the student, I, I think I told you the story before that, you know, the young kids, they, lo- they, lo- they look at the elders in the community and they say, or the elders in their lives, and they say, you're so lucky you don't have to go to school. I have to go to school every day. You don't know. I have to wake up at 8 in the morning. I have to be at school at 8 in the morning, and I have to finish at 3 o'clock, and they make you sit there the whole day, and they give you very little recess. You know, you're lucky you don't have to go to school. But we know that the same things happen at work. There's going to be deadlines and there's going to be a project and everybody is working at getting that project done and then eventually the deadline comes and uh, then the next, you know, it's not like when the deadline passes, everything is all done. Then again, everybody starts working towards the next deadline and then everybody starts working towards the next deadline and people are oscillating between work and deadlines and work and deadlines. So this never ends. That's the way that this life has been designed. For the believer they also have two states in which, through which they oscillate. And those two states are basically their ibadah and then tests that come as a consequence of that ibadah. Their ibadah and then tests that come as a consequence of their ibadah. And we, we spoke about this a few weeks ago and I wanted to say one more, one more thing concerning this, but then we got sidetracked. I don't remember what I talked about the last two weeks, but... A couple of weeks back, I talked about this, and I didn't get to finish this topic, so I'm just going back to it. And that was that believers are basically worshiping, but they don't worship in a bubble. They worship in a world around them, which is filled with different characters and personalities and stages and scenes and environments. And all of this worship occurs in that circumstance. The believer, they fluctuate between opportunities of worship and and circumstances of trial. So what happens? There'll be a period of time in which a person gets an opportunity to worship. And they may not be faced with any particular trial. Maybe they get the opportunity to memorize Quran. Maybe they get the opportunity to learn the deen. Maybe they... It's not working. Maybe... It's just disconnected. Maybe they get the opportunity to spend time in dhikr. Maybe they get the opportunity to fast in Ramadan and to rejuvenate themselves. Whatever it is, we all have these periods of windows in our lives when there's more opportunity for ibadah. But invariably, if anybody makes any progress in ibadah, and even if they are in their constant state of ibadah, just like when you take a class, you know there's going to be tests, 
you know there's going to be quizzes, and you know that it's the quizzes and the tests that actually are the things that are going to count on your final grade. Maybe attendance has a certain percentage, but in the end, you still have to do well on the tests and quizzes. In the same way, we coexist in a circumstance of ibadah and then trials that come upon us as a means of testing us to see our state. And there isn't one person... So let me just say a couple things about that as a review from a few weeks ago. Number one, no one can avoid this. If any person on the planet tells you that I am a sophomore in high school and we don't have any tests, we don't have any quizzes, then you would say, that's not possible. What school do you go to? There is no school where you just learn and no one has to ever evaluate you. So if somebody thinks that this life is one in which there's no trials, no tribulation, no tests, then they're completely blind to the reality of the world in which they live. Nobody will say to them about themselves that there's no trial. I'm not doubting that everybody knows that. Everybody in this room knows that there are trials and tests that come upon us. But what the mistake that occurs is that we look at others and we assume that there's no trials. We think that they have no tests and how come I have tests? How come my tests are so difficult? How come nobody else has to go through these tests? Well, let me just make one thing very clear. Everybody has tests. I mean, you know, if, you're, if your high school student comes to you and says, oh, I don't like my school. Okay, why don't you like your school? Because my friend told me at his school they don't do any testing. And I said, no, 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 there's no such thing. Everybody's tested. What are you talking about? Your, your, your friend is exaggerating. Say, no, 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 I see he's always relaxing. He never has to worry. It's not possible. But what happens is Shaitan, he makes us think that, oh, I have all these tests and nobody else has the same, these difficult tests. And so Allah, na'udhu billah, is not fair. But again, the reality is every single person has to undergo tests and it's a deception to think that nobody else is being tested. Everybody's tested in a different way, yes. That's clear. Everybody's tested in a different way. Some people are tested with loss of wealth. Some people are tested with loss of health. Some people are tested with loss of people around them. Whatever it might be. Everybody's tested in a different way, no doubt. But there is no person on this planet that is not in a state of being tested. And everyone's test is relatively equal. Now, they have different names. I'll admit that. My, you know, bankruptcy, that's a different, has a different name. Death, that has a different name. Disease, that has a different name. And in, there, in that, there are many subtypes of that. But there's no person, but everybody's being tested. And everybody's being tested in a way that's fair to them and their circumstance. Of course, the other deception of shaitan, first deception is to think that nobody else is being tested. I'm the only one being tested. Nobody's being tested. Second deception is I'm being tested, but my tests are harder than everybody else's. Everybody else has easy tests, but look at my test. Nobody can understand. So that's a deception as well. So we should be very, very clear to ourselves that we don't need to waste time analyzing why the world is fair or isn't fair. It's a total waste of time. It's not our problem want to sit around and look at everybody else and say, how come they uh, don't have these tests and how come I have these tests? That's a complete deception. It's a complete waste of time. It's almost a critique on Allah. Na'udhu billah. 
it's almost on a critique on Allah, like Allah would unfairly test me and wouldn't test anybody else that way. There is no person on the planet. And we shouldn't be deceived by thinking that, oh, because, you know, they have a different life. If, uh, I w- if I had that test, I would be okay. That's a third deception, by the way. What first deception, nobody has a test. Second deception, I have hard tests. Everybody else has easy tests. Third deception, if I had their test, I would do better. That's the third deception. If I had their test, then I would do better. That's the actual problem. It's not me. It's not my test. It's that I'm not having their test. But that's not realistic either. You know, somebody with less wealth, they make the assumption that if I had more wealth, then I, I would do better at that test. And everybody's, everybody does this. Everybody says, if I had a million dollars, I would, I would build a masjid. Everybody, who, who doesn't say that? Everybody thinks that. Right? They don't say that, okay, I have $5,000, I should use it to build a masjid. That doesn't come to anybody's mind. What comes to the mind is that if I had that, then I would do this. But again, that's not reality. We have part of submission, part of submission is to accept the circumstance that Allah bestows upon us. To recognize that that's our circumstance, that's our situation, and then to do the best that we can in that context. I mean, come on, if you have a high school student, okay, and the high school student gives you five excuses as to why they didn't do well in class, you know, they'll have this excuse. Well, my teacher is not, my teacher is very hard. So you say, but, I mean, there's just a certain amount of material Whatever the teacher teaches, I mean, whatever it is, there's a certain amount of material. Fine, if the teacher's hard, then, I mean, there's, they can't, they're not teaching, pulling stuff out of left field and putting it on the test. Or, you know, then they say that, oh, my, it's not that my teacher's hard, it's that, um, you know, uh, the, 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 the test was asked things that, the, that, weren't, that weren't taught in class. Okay, well, did everybody else take the test? Yes. Did everybody else do well? Yes. Okay, then what happened? You know, I mean, everybody makes excuses. This is life. So we should be very, very clear. Part of saluk and part of submission and part of eventually coming to grab, coming to terms with our own reality is that we are placed in a test and that test is our test and we will be judged on our own test. We don't have to worry about what anybody else in the world is doing. Yes, we have responsibilities of deen that we have to worry about the ummah, etc. But what I mean by we don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing is we don't have to worry about what their tests are. We have to focus on our own tests and we have to excel at those tests. So this is something that all of us should keep in mind. All these things I talked about last time. What I wanted to add this time is that when a person is in a test, when a person is in a test, they should recognize that there are lessons to be gained from that test. When a person is in a test, they should recognize that there are lessons to be gained from that, te- from that test. And that allows a person to progress. So, for example, you're in a, we're in a circumstance where we are trying to worship Allah, trying to excel in our deen, trying to progress... And we, have, we, we know that if we want what we say we want, 
then there's no other option except that Allah will test us in that regard. And by the way, no community has come before who has made that claim except that Allah has tested them. So what I mean by that is that we aspire towards the highest success in this life. So what is the highest success in this life? The highest success in this life is that a person should be able to earn Jannah in the hereafter. If we make a, if we make a goal of earning Jannah in the hereafter, then it should be very clear to us that Jannah does not come easily. Jannah requires effort. Jannah requires sacrifice. Jannah means that trials and tribulations will come and we have to excel in those. And there's no way around that. So if a person makes a claim of iman and makes a claim of the of preference of the hereafter over this life, the moment they make that claim, Allah will test them. Once a person makes a claim that, Ya Allah, you are more to me than anything. I, ex- I accept your oneness. And the akhirah is more to me than the dunya. Then a person will always be tried at that claim. A person will always be tried on that claim. And how will they be tried? They will be tried by being placed in circumstances that will either test their patience or test their sacrifice. For example, person says, oh, uh, you know, for me, deen is more important than anything. And deen is, the, uh, the akhirah is far superseding the dunya. So what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place the test on them. How do they spend their wealth? They'll be given some wealth and it'll be seen how did they spend it. They'll be given some time and it will be seen how did they spend it. They'll be given opportunity and it will be seen seen whether they took it. So no one can avoid that. That's life. And that's the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this life that we all go through tests and those tests will prove the circumstances, the, the claims that we make. Now, Sahaba made very big claims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put very big tests on them. They made very big claims, and Allah put very big tests on them. We're fortunate that we're not tested in that same way. But we should be, it should be very clear in our minds that we will all be tested, and there is no way to avoid that. Now, when those tests come, there's one more important angle, and we'll just close with this point. When those tests come, Sometimes they come of sometimes they involve sacrifice and sometimes they involve patience. Sacrifice is straightforward. Person's given a certain amount and then they're asked whether they sacrifice it for the deen. For example, a person's given a little bit of surplus wealth and then it's noted how they spend it. A person's given a little bit of surplus time and it's noted how they use it. A person's given good health and it's noted how they expend that energy and health that they've been given. Okay, that's the idea of sacrifice. But as I mentioned, another thing that, that arises with tests is patience. People are placed in circumstances in which they are tried, and when they are tried, that also allows them to prove that they, to prove their claim, let's put it that way. It also allows them to prove their claim. For example, um, a person may make a claim of deen and a person may make a claim of striving towards deen and a person may progress in deen and all of a sudden they're put in a circumstance in which, um, I don't know, they get an argue, in an argument with their neighbor. 
So when they get in an argument with their neighbor, that's also a test. Do they exhibit patience? Are they fair? Are they, um, do they behave properly? Do they have proper adab? Whole adab is a whole other discussion. Maybe we'll have a dis- talk about that in a couple of weeks. But do they have proper adab? How do they behave? How do they treat their neighbor? You know, a person can fight with their neighbor and then say, well, okay, now I'm going to put my garbage can on their lawn every day. You know, then we'll see what they do. Well, I mean, that's not proper behavior. Yeah, you can do that. You can show how tough you are, but that's just not the way we should be behaving. And these are the types of things. What happens is when people, when two people get in an argument, their blood begins to boil and then nobody begins to see clearly anymore. But the question is, does a person see clearly in the context of the claim they make? The claim that they make is that they want to follow the sunnah, that they want to follow the path of nubuwa, that they want to, uh, that they believe in the oneness of Allah, that they're aiming towards Jannah, and then the tests and trials come. Person makes those claims, and then what happens is they get involved in a business transaction, and they feel that they've been treated unfairly. And then they, you can see whether they respond within what's what's in a permissible way, we should say. So these tests cannot be avoided, and everyone has to go through tests, and we should be aware of them. And there's two major things that we should appreciate regarding them. Number one is that our tests are our tests and we don't need to worry about anybody else's tests. And number two, that those tests are subdivided into sacrifice and patience and that we should exhibit excellence in both. Any time, you have to remember, any time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides anything, it's a test. There's no celebrating. There's no celebrating that, you know, oh my God, this happened to me, Wow. There's no celebration. It's, oh, this happened. This, this must be a test. Where can I use this opportunity to advance myself in my deen? There's no break. There's no break here. Students, do they have a study, 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 test, study, study, test, study, test, study, study, test, final break? Two weeks, right? Winter break or one week, spring break or two months, summer break. There's no break. In the test of deen, there's no break. Every opportunity is a test. Every blessing is a trial. And a person has to constantly be on their guard. What is happening with me? Why did this occur in my life? Where is there an opportunity for me to advance in my deen? And where is there, an op- where is there a circumstance that I might trip and fall down in my deen? That's everything has to be analyzed in that way. Every good thing that happens, every bad thing that happens, every new circumstance that arises, it all has to be appreciated in the same way. Because there's an angel on the right-hand side, there's an angel on the left-hand side, and they write everything. They don't take a day off. They don't skip an opportunity. They don't uh, ignore a circumstance. Everything is captured. We can't escape it. Everything is captured. And all of it will be replayed on the Day of Judgment. So we should be particular. We should accept our tests. We should be cognizant of our tests. We should be constantly watching for these tests and trials. We should be expecting them. We should be ready for them. We should be prepared for them. There's no surprise quiz. Everything happens in advance. It's all known. Yes, we don't know what comes, but we know it's coming. We know something's coming. We don't may not necessarily know what it is, but we know that there is something that's coming. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be amongst those who are able to pass our tests and may, make it, may He make us among those who exhibit patience and who exhibit focus during their tests. Wa akhru ta'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.